Being an expert sucks. As a teacher of spiritual intelligence and emotional health, I get cornered into being the guy who has all the answers. I'd like to take this opportunity to make a confession. I don't. What I do have are convictions. I have theories. I have questions. I find myself looking around and I'm like, we can't stay here. Stop setting up your tent. We can't stay here. Through my journey, it's become evident that being a participant is no longer enough. It's time to become reformers. These are my confessions. To get deeper in this conversation, visit MikeMayashiro.com. Hello, everyone. Welcome to today's podcast episode. I'm your host, Mike Mayashiro, and um, I've got a special treat for you today. But before we get into that, I want to tell you about holiday hacks that we just had this past week. Um, basically, I did a class where people came to learn some tools and strategies and tips on what they could do going into the holiday season with their families to ensure that their hearts were soft and warm and they were setting everyone else up for success and they were going to partner with love and the Lord in their family dynamics and it was awesome. It was so much fun seeing the people from the local area come out, be part of it. We had a cookie contest, there were great prizes, we had a hot cocoa bar and some quality teaching, great testimonies, it was so much fun. Um, If you're interested to check that out, you can... Uh, I would say email my team at contact at mikemyshow.com. Just let them know you're interested in the holiday hacks and they can get that to you. Um, so we're checking out, especially before the holiday season, if that's something you care about. Um, but listen, today, exciting stuff, you guys. We have a guest on the podcast today. You guys all remember the episode I did entitled Mika, right, about my little sister? Well, guess what? We have the Mika on the show today. Say hello, Mika. <laughs> the Mika. Hello. The Mika's here, you guys. <laughs> Um, I, Mika was with me at Familiarius. We did a retreat a few weeks ago and we had a segment there that I really enjoyed featuring and Mika was doing a a lot of the talking on that. I wanted her to share a bit of what we talked about during that segment on my podcast because I thought it was just fascinating, really interesting and super helpful. So, um, basically Mika, let's jump right in. Before we get into your story though, can you just give them a little bit of intro? Who are you? What are you about? What's going on right now? Just give him a brief little bio. Oh, gosh. Okay. Um, I'm Mike's little sister. I feel like that has to come out <laughs> first, always. Um, I think it helps you make me under- makes you understand me a little bit better. Um, I'm sure that's true. It's Yeah, it's true. Uh, so Mike and I have been doing stuff together forever, but especially in the last three years, building a lot of things. Right? Three? Is that it? Seems longer? longer than that. I think it's been three. Okay. Well, some amount of time. Um, I came to intern for him, I think it was three years ago. And so since then, we've been kind of running hard, building NUMA, um, whatever that is now. Um, So I'm the director of operations for NUMA. Um, I run our housing community, Emerald Village. Um, I just had a baby. Well, just. She's six months old, but it feels fresh. (laughs) She's there. Um, Cutest baby ever! She's cute. Yeah, she's cute. We're a little biased, that's right. Yeah, very. But I think most of the world agrees. (laughs) Um... And, yeah, I recently became a full-time entrepreneur, which is new, which we'll get into. Um, Yeah, I don't know what else to tell you. Also, you're a lover of Jesus. I also love Jesus. I feel like that's a given, but yes, I love Jesus. It's probably just worth it. I wouldn't be here if I didn't love Jesus. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. (laughs) Neither would I. (laughs) Nice. All right. Um, So, Mika, let's start back to the day, you know... The doctor thing came into play. Why don't you introduce us there? The day. Okay. So um, I was 16 
living in Vancouver, working with a missions organization, like helping them run short-term mission stuff. With YWAM. With YWAM, yep. Um, so we're going to name drop. We're doing it. <laughs> I mean, yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, so I was right about to go into my last year of high school. I had been in a pretty rigorous like academic program just because I wanted to like stretch myself. So I had been on the track that's like, okay, we're high achievers. We're doing the thing. Let's be real. Mika was the youngest and needed some way to sh- outshine the other two. I mean, it's not the only way, but... <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean... Carry on. I mean, it time. worked <laughs> for a while. Oh, my. <laughs> oh, you're not wrong. <clears throat> anyway, well, it's funny because of my life now. I'm, you know. <laughs> <laughs> you're all dingy and covered. <laughs> I'm a failure. Anyway. Okay, let's get it um, So I was on my way to doing the whole college thing, trying to figure out, like, what I want to do with the rest of my life. I'm very much in a space where it's like, I'm supposed to know. Like, okay, high school is ending. What's What are you doing now? Which, looking back, I'm like, that's kind of crazy. Like, no 17-year-old knows what they're doing with their lives. Like, most adults don't know what they're doing with their lives. <laughs> um, so I was in a space where I was, like, doing work with missions, uh, really wanting to, like, do something worthwhile, wanted to contribute. Like, I've loved Jesus since I was small, small. So I was like, okay, how do I serve God, but also, like, reach my full maximum potential or whatever. Um, And somewhere along the line, I think I had decided when I was younger that, like, becoming a doctor, like, saving people's lives is, like, the highest thing that I could ascend to. Um, But it seemed like, oh, that'd be super hard. Like, I couldn't do that. It'd be crazy. Uh, And then at some point, that went away, and I was like, I think I could do that. And so we, I was doing missions and realizing, like, oh, missions are really cool. And so this kind of this thought burst out of me that I was like, okay, I need to decide what to do the rest of my life. What if I become a doctor and do medical missions? Like, that's Where did that idea come from? I think at the time I probably would have told you, like, the Lord told it to me. But I think it was, like, I was just kind of piecing things together and, like, finding... The answer, like, I remember that summer I was very stressed out about, like, what am I going to do when I get home? Like, I'm living in this other country, doing mission stuff now, this is great, but when I come home I'm supposed to have an answer for my life, basically. So I was, like, really stressed out about it. Um, And so this thought came up that was like, okay, what if I do medical missions? That hits the, like, I'm serving Jesus, it hits the maximum potential thing, it hits the high achiever thing, and I was like, that could be cool. And at the time, it felt like oh, wow, this is, like, inspired thought from the Lord. And I'm not going to say that it absolutely wasn't, but looking back, I'm like, I don't think that I experience him in that way anymore. Um, But all the anxiety lifted, which, looking back, I'm like, oh, it was because I, like, agreed with the, like, stress and anxiety of, like, choose something. And when I finally, like, agreed and, like, submitted to it, then the, the, like, fear, the stress, the tension went away. Which, in that state, I was like, well, that must be God, because I feel, quote-unquote, peace, right? Mm. Um, so I went home, and I was like, okay, I'm going to be a doctor, I'm going to do medical missions, um, I'm going to devote my life to this thing, and it's going to be great. And everyone in my world was like, that sounds awesome, you're awesome, you do it. And I'm like, I'm not the kind of person that's like doing stuff t- so that I get that kind of praise it actually made me pretty uncomfortable I was like oh you don't know me and you're like praising my life choices and in like a weird way like I could tell they were grabbing onto like the idea of it and didn't really care about me in the process so navigate that a little bit but it I mean it's not that it didn't feel good at the same time so I kind of loved it I mean I kind of loved it (laughs) (laughs) my grandparents loved it (laughs) 
Okay. Um, and at some point, this idea came across to me, right? Like, you mm-hmm. told me at one point, oh, you're going to be a doctor. And from the moment Mika mentioned this whole doctor thing, I don't know what my problem was, but I just could not get on board. I don't know what was going on, but it just wasn't something I could celebrate or approve of or agree with. I was always resistant. And I think for the first few years, I felt pretty self-conscious and maybe a little guilty for, like, whatever reason I couldn't actually get on board and celebrate Mika's choice here. I didn't understand it most of the time. I just knew there was something in me that was resistant. And I was like, I don't know what the problem is. And it was kind of this unspoken tension. Do you remember that? Yeah. yeah. You want to chime in on that a little bit? Yeah. So with all the, like, everyone in my life and people that I don't know very well, but who would, like, ask me what you're doing after high school. And I'd tell them, like, that extreme, like, wow, that's amazing, everywhere in my life. And then i tell my brother, who, like, we've been close, like, our whole lives. So my expectation of his, like, celebration is probably higher than, (laughs) you know, strangers in coffee shops. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and yet I'd be like, Mike, this is this is what I decided, this is what I'm gonna do, I think I think this is where I'm supposed to go and he was like Okay. And I was like, Oh wow, face on the floor, what is happening? So awkward. Just like really confusing for me. I was like, Okay. Interesting. I don't ever remember taking it personally, like I was never offended. I was always like uh it was just like a question that I just kinda had, like, what's up with that? But I don't think I was brave enough to ask you. You never actually asked me. Yeah, I didn't want to know. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Okay, so fast forward. I remember one fateful night. I think I was in second year at the time. I'm walking out on the street, and Mika, she called me at like 10 o'clock at night. I'm like, what is she calling me for? So we were chatting. She was going to college at the time. And shortly into the conversation, Mika is weeping on the other side of the phone. I was like, oh my gosh, do you remember that conversation? Yeah. Do you want to share with them a little bit what was going on? Yeah, so I started college at 17 as a sophomore. Uh, which means I skipped my first year of college and jumped right into, like, more advanced classes, and I was not emotionally prepared for that. Like, my brain, I was like, oh, okay, I can do this, but emotionally I was not ready to, like, give over my everything. Um, And so I found myself, like, sitting at my desk late at night, like, trying to do chemistry or math or something, and I just, like, couldn't do it. And up until that point, like I said, like, I was pretty good in the academic realm, so I, like, knew how to make myself do things. Like, I knew how to get results and, like, kind of force them out of me, even when I didn't feel like it. But I, for some reason, like, couldn't get past it in this season. Like, I would sit down and just, like, feel this, like, heavy sadness, this sense that, like, I'm ruining my life or everything is terrible, like, something like that. And I remember, like, it happened a few times and I didn't know what to do and I was actually, like, not doing well in school because of it. And I remember just sitting there feeling like, what is happening? I'm not this person. Like, I, I'm i good at this. Like, I do this kind of stuff. I don't know what's going on. And I remember at one point I was like, maybe Mike would know. Like, maybe Mike would have some insight or some help because nobody here is, like, really helping me. And I don't know that I was super honest with many people either that, like, I was having that hard of a time. Mm. So she's, like, bawling. And I'm like, Mika, what in the world? Like, I just stopped and was like, do you hear yourself? This is crazy. What's happening to you? Like, this is not your life. Like, this is not who you are. What's going on? The level of, like, anxiety and intensity and, like, it's fear you're living in. Like, this is crazy. So at the end of this conversation, I remember just kind of suggesting, why don't you finish up the year and then leave, like, step out of college for a bit, come down to, to Reading and just do first year at BSSM. I remember thinking, like, that might, I think that'd be a really great next step for her. Mm-hmm. Um, just to, like, spare my little sister from this nightmare that she was living. You know what I mean? Like, she was miserable. She was depressed. She was isolated and just, like... Everything was so heavy, and everything I was feeling in the conversation was so heavy. I was like, shoot, you got, you can't live like this, right? And I'm, like, I'm thinking, like, she doesn't have any support around her. Come down here. Come, like, 
breathe again, right? Basically. Mm-hmm. What was your takeaway from that? Yeah, I remember you saying that. I remember the thing you told me was, Mika, I don't know, like, I don't know what you're supposed to do, but it sounds like if the life you're living right now is, like, you're not enjoying it, it sounds like you should leave. Like, it sounds like you shouldn't be there. And I don't know why the thought had never, like, crossed my mind. Like, I didn't have permission to do that because I was supposed to be a doctor and, like, do the things, and I was, like, on this track, and it was very clear, like, clearly spelled out the steps I was supposed to take to get to my dream or whatever. And I remember you saying that, and I was like, wait, what? I can leave? I can, like, not do this I can do something different am I allowed to do that like what the heck and so I remember you saying that and it hit me and I was like oh interesting okay um and so I ended up coming to visit you over my Christmas break and I was like I'm just gonna go down and see what happens I think I rode the bus like the Greyhound bus oh my, it was a yeah, nightmare wow. oh don't do that especially not to running man <laughs> um but I like wrote it down and uh, I remember visiting and I went to school with you one of the days and they were just doing like just some, like, spontaneous worship, like, Bill was leading, and you're just singing a little bit. And, like, we'd been raised, like, conservative Christian. Like, I was starting to learn stuff. Like, Mike was in school, so I was learning about healing and, like, prophecy. And I was like, oh, these things are cool and real. But I didn't really, like, experienced it much. And in that space, everyone was, like, just kind of worshiping the Lord in, like, a quiet way. Like, it wasn't anything crazy. But I remember sitting there and feeling... Like, the presence of God hit me in a way that I'd never experienced before. And the sense of, like, freedom and possibility and, like, playfulness hit me. And I was like, what the heck? What is this place? And I don't think I had, like, language to explain that that's what was going on. But I knew, like, something in me knew I need to be here. Like, I don't know what I'm going to do when I get home, but I need to be here. So I went home and dropped out of college. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, did you finish the year out or did you drop out of mid? I finished the semester. I was, like, partway through my second semester, so I finished it. And then I, yeah, I dropped out. Okay, wow. Because they wouldn't let me just take a sabbatical. They're like, you have to fully withdraw. So I was like, okay, bye. Oh, wow. Which I'm sure was a popular decision. It was very popular. Um, I think I actually applied for first year and got accepted before I told our parents (gasps) that I was leaving. Oh, (laughs) Um, which is a good conversation. Uh, but I mean, our parents are like super supportive in that way. So when I was yeah. like, Hey, this is what's going on. I think this is what the Lord is doing. They're like, okay, I don't understand what you're talking about, but great. Like go do it. And yeah, our parents have oddly been always very supportive in that way, which most of the time has been awesome. There are moments where I'm like, could you have a little more of a pushback maybe? <laughs> yeah. Could you care a little more about what I'm about to do to my life? Am I going to go ruin everything? <laughs> right. But by and large, a lot of the time it's been a very freeing empowering thing that I've noticed with a lot of my friends growing up that wasn't the case for them yeah wow I'm really grateful for parents who like believed in us and said yes to things we dreamed about and gave us permission to pursue that stuff like what a gift so yeah so you came down to first or to Reading Mm -hmm. did first and second year we have to speed this up a little bit yeah did first second year life radically changed Mm -hmm. what a season Mm -hmm. all the things and then what happened Yep, so first and second year, I did first year, and at the end of first year, I was like, I'm supposed to go back, like, I, yeah, like, I told myself and my parents and my admissions counselor back at school (laughs) that I was coming back after this year, but I recognized, like, oh, I want to, I still want to be here, and actually gave myself permission to be there just because I wanted to be, not because it was, like, the smart move or whatever, so I did second year, and that was, I was going to say great, it was a hard year, but it was really good for me. And then I went back to Portland after that and was like, okay, I don't want to do third year right now. I'm going to go back to school, go back to the doctor train. 
And I mean, all the while, like still on this path of like, okay, I'm going to do medical missions and become a doctor. And everyone, even in this environment was like, that's great. And I was like, I'm going to incorporate healing and the supernatural in that place, which like intentions pure. Right. Um, but still every time I talked to you about it, I was like, Hey, I'm going to go back. I'm going to finish my degree. You're like, great. Awesome. Yay. Yay. Question mark. (laughs) Um, so I came back and I, okay, listen, one thing you have to give me credit for is at least I was consistent. That's true. (laughs) Consistently blank. (laughs) Um, so I came back, I finished my degree. Um, I started working in the ER. I started applying to medical schools. Like I started doing the stuff and I was doing well at it. Like I was exceeding, like I was on the way, like I was going to, I was going to make it right. I was going to do my dream or whatever. Um, and then I went on a medical mission trip to Uganda, um, just with like a small ministry there just to kind of try it out and see. So after I graduated from college, I went for about a month, worked in a clinic there, um, and just kind of did like a, a trial run for the thing that I was like building my life towards and realized, crap, this was not as fulfilling as it was supposed to be. This was, I mean, it was awesome. It was really cool to get to help people. And I had a lot of fun. They gave me a lot, a lot of freedom to like learn and try stuff. And that was really cool. But I was like, wow, this, this is cool. But this is not like, it didn't hit that sense of purpose that I thought it was going to. So I came home and was like, shoot, what am I going to do? Like I've spent the last at that point, probably six years of my life building towards, like, this is what I'm going to do forever. And I was like, what the heck? And up until that point, like, I'd had a lot of moments where I was, like, questioning, like, oh, this class is really hard. Um, MCAT. Oh, my gosh. So stressful. And just being like, wow, this is difficult. And most things in my life, like, even if I'm working hard, there's, like, an ease about it. Like, the Lord is really gracious, and, like, there's a lot of stuff that gets moved. But in this particular area, like, a lot of things were hard, and I felt like I was moving a lot of them on my own. But I kind of just pushed it aside. I was like, it's the medical field. Like, it's supposed to be that way. It's fine. Looking back, I'm like, I would straight up sob on my way to, to work, to work in the ER for, like, a 10-hour shift because I was like, this is so difficult. Because the atmosphere in the ER is crazy. It's stressful. Like, it's just a lot... And this underlying sense that, like, maybe I'm not supposed to be here was, like, growing and growing. And I was like, what is happening? But I would push through it because like, I had a thing. Like, I was going there. I'd, like, made the decision. I was going to do the thing. And the Lord must be on it, right? Um, he has to be. <laughs> yeah, he better be. It's been six years. <laughs> better be. <laughs> um, and so I remember I got back from Uganda and I realized, like, oh, man, those, like, small, quiet questionings are, like, founded there's something there I'm like shoot and I realized too I didn't want to live in Portland anymore I'd been living in Portland up until that point and it had been pretty clear that like I was supposed to be in Portland I was living with my parents too and like navigating some relational stuff so I was really good but when I got back I realized like oh I don't need to be here anymore and I don't want to be here anymore like we had like a family mother's day thing and I was like yeah I don't want to be here anymore. <laughs> <laughs> just like just recognizing like I want to go like do something different and the day that I, like, admitted that to myself, you texted me, and you were like, hey, I'm taking interns again this year, I'm expanding, I wanted to do some media stuff, I know you've played around with that, would you consider, like, coming down to intern for me? And also, we have this, like, housing community thing, and they need, like, a female leader or something, I was like, right. okay, interesting. Yeah, I mean, I remember I was, like, going to Tokyo Garden, you know, because it was the day, <laughs> I was having lunch, and in the parking lot, I texted Mika... And I remember thinking, 
because um, she and I had chatted like I think three or months prior or something she mentioned she was considering doing a third year like doing an internship at Bethel mm-hmm. for the gap year between that then and uh, medical school and I was like oh and we both understood that it makes sense for her to intern for me because I'm her brother I'm already mentoring her she could get more opportunity somewhere else mm-hmm. and then I don't know something shifted for me and one day I was walking around and dreaming about that year I was like wait of all the people that are applying to intern for me and whatever I'm like Mika would be a killer candidate and she's an eligible candidate. She did second year. She could be a third year with me. Mm. I was like, and so I texted her, just kind of like cast vision for what I saw could be. And so she, to my surprise, like responded immediately with like excitement and like, yeah, that sounds awesome. I was like, what? She's considering <laughs> this? What? Yeah. yeah. So then you came down. Yeah. Well, when I got that text, it was the first time in like maybe a month that like fun or like excitement or like possibility hit me. And I was like, oh, that sounds like fun what? Remember fun? What the heck? <laughs> I was like, I gotta get out of here. Yeah, I'll come. <laughs> I'm coming. I'm coming. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I moved down, uh, I think a couple months later Yeah. and I transferred my job in the ER down here. I moved into that housing community thing. Um, and was just kind of prepared that like, I'll be here for a year again, had like a time limit on how long I was going to be in Reading. And I had started applying for medical school, and it's, like, a year process before you actually, like, get accepted if you go through all the hoops. So I was like, okay, I'm going to start the process. I'll spend a year in Reading, have some fun with my brother, and then I'll go back to my real life. And that things happened. (laughs) (laughs) Right. So fast forward, we're going through third year. Mika is falling in love with this blonde dude that I strictly forbade from happening. And is, like, helping him run the community and doing all this media stuff, busting her buns to, like, produce media content. Mm-hmm. Um, go All the while also, like, doing teaching time with me and having one-on-ones and just being mentored. And as we continue to go through the year, she's, like, things are coming up and she's wrestling. And the conversation starts to get further and further down the road of her journey as a doctor or becoming a doctor. And I remember this one fateful day. Can we be there or do we need to do yeah, anything? Let's do it. Let's I remember having a specific one-on-one toward the end of her internship year. It wasn't the end, but it was close. And she's starting to prepare for it when third year's over. What is she going to do? Medical school, application, all the things. And I remember that conversation's coming up and she's crying and I'm kind of poking at some stuff and things are coming up. And as the conversation just continues to unfold, I realize the moment has come. And I'm like, no, because after it's been about a year at this point that I've been conscious. I don't think she's supposed to be a doctor. I don't think that's from the Lord. I don't think this is supposed to happen. And I did not tell her. So I'm harboring this secret for a while now. And I'm feeling like a really guilty older brother. I don't know why. Like, why do I have to be so opposed to this? What's my problem? Can I just get on board like everybody else? And so here's this moment where I'm seeing her like process through these things and the Lord, like the spirit opened up and the Lord nudges me. He didn't say anything to me in English, but I realized, oh, it's time for the conversation. I was like, no, and I don't want to have it because I realized like I'm the older brother. If I'm the guy who convinces her not to go be a doctor, everyone's going to hate me. (laughs) And they're going to realize that I'm just brainwashing my little sister and like, you know, I'm just... I just didn't want to deal with all the social ramifications and all the judgment that obviously wouldn't have been true, but still, like, would have been painful to have to work through. I'm like, oh, God. And so it was nice and convenient to just avoid it. But here's this moment, and I feel the Lord pressing on me. I'm like, oh, God. Okay. And I've learned enough in my relationship with the Lord to submit, right? And so I'm like, okay. Mika, here's the deal. I'm sorry I've never told you this before, but I've been sorting through this, and I actually want to propose the question, what if you're not supposed to be a doctor? And she looked at me like I just lied like I just betrayed her she's like what like just this shock and I'm like oh god it's horrible I was like what if that's not the Lord like what if he's not leading you 
down this road. I know years ago, because she had been saying up to this point, the Lord told me, or this was his plan or whatever. And so it was, it always felt off limits. Like you don't get to oppose that stuff. I'm like, Ugh. and I, that doesn't deter me, but I just didn't want to like mess with her relationship with the Lord and what she felt like he was saying. So it, this just felt illegal and inappropriate. I'm like, oh my. So I'm like, Mika, is it possible? I know you feel like the Lord told you all stuff. But every time you talk about this subject, I cannot celebrate it. There's something in me that can't get on board. Mm -hmm. When you speak about it, there's no life on it. I don't know what else to tell you. I don't have a problem with you being a doctor technically or professionally. Like, obviously, it's like an accolade. There's prestige and there's respect for that. So I'm not coming at this from some practical place, but there's something in the spirit that is keeping me from being able to say yes to this. I don't know what that is. And I could be wrong, but... From my position, what I know and what I'm responsible for, I have to represent this. Is it possible that wasn't the Lord? Hmm. Right? Do mm-hmm. you want to chime in at that point? Yeah. And I was sitting there. I think the look that probably came across as betrayal was more of like an expletive in my head. Like, oh, <laughs> no. no. Oh, no. Realizing I had had like a lot of questions already, but I hadn't voiced them to anybody because it was way too risky to be like this thing I've been building for all this time. Maybe founded on nothing real. <laughs> oh, no. Um, so I did, like, I've been questioning, I've been wrestling with it for a bit, but nobody mm. in my life was like, hey, like, also having questions about it. So I was like, I'm alone with my questions. Maybe I just need to do the thing and those will get sorted out. And so when he's like, hey, what if this isn't what's supposed to be happening? All those questions were like, ah, this is what we're, we're real. Here. We're it's, real. It's legitimate. And I was like, oh, crap. What's happening? Mm. Um, but also the sense of, like, oh, this is why he has iced me out for the last, like, seven years <laughs> of our lives. Um, and just recognizing, like, so many things in that moment. Like, oh, man, what if that's true? <clears throat> like, what if the last seven years of my life I've been building towards something that God didn't tell me to do? Like, what if I decided this was where I was supposed to go and I got myself here and then the second thought was, what if that's why it's been so hard? And then what if, and then what if, and then what if? And I was like, wait, oh no. And just realizing in the moment, I have a lot more like processing I need to do, but what if he's right? Like, what if that's true? Ah! And, but then immediately also feeling this like invitation from the Lord that like, what if that's true? What if you could have your life back? Yeah. Like if you're brave enough to admit that maybe we need a course correction, like a really significant course <laughs> correction. Like if you're willing to sit, like look at that, what else is possible? Right. Cause I was like, I was in a pretty serious relationship with Zach at the time. And I knew if I go down this path, I don't know if he can follow me. Like, I don't know if we can continue like being in a relationship. If I choose to go to medicine, it's like a Nicholas Sparks movie. I know it is. For a book. Right. Writes itself. Yeah. Well, Um, so I'm like I I remember distinctly too like when I found out I got an interview to my top choice medical school I told Zach and I was like I got I got the interview and that's like one of the last steps before you get accepted so I was like I'm basically in like I'm on the way and I remember telling him and he was like choosing to be excited but also this look of like oh like there goes the end like there that's there's like a now a ticking time bomb and so i'm having like all those things like fall in on me at one moment i was like oh my god what are you doing what's happening right now um and then i think tears right you were such a wet mess in that conversation (laughs) i felt bad i'm like i'm adding to this but it's not worse yet here we go right yeah stab deeper yeah i think so (laughs) oh how about the you want some fire yeah (laughs) 
Um, I think also in that conversation, I said something about the Lord, like following him being like a river, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I think it actually came up because you did some whiteboard about Bill Johnson and you're like, Bill Johnson didn't become who he was because he like decided to be like, he followed like, like a flow that the Lord had for him. Um, I mean, we, I think we were talking about that and you're like, the Lord has like a, a flow for you. There's like a, there's a current that he is like pushing you into and you can like surrender to it or you can like paddle off to the shore and kind of, you know, do your own thing. And I think I remember recognizing like, oh, maybe that's where all of, why all of the tension has been here, why it's been so difficult. I've been like paddling against this current that the Lord actually had for me. And so a lot of the process that like got opened up and like unfolded over the next couple months was oh, I haven't actually been surrendering to the Lord in this place. I decided that this was the highest thing that I could ascend to, and I decided that I have to, like, be purposeful. I have to give as much value as I can or whatever. Mm. And I had to, like, lay my life down for the Lord. Like, I decided I needed to do that, and then I, like, took over. And I, like, got out of the current and, like, paddled my way over to some little eddy that was, like, dead. (laughs) (laughs) And so I remember you talking about, like, there's a flow, like, there's a current, there's a purpose and it's not like your job. It's not something like it's not something specific necessarily, but there is like a current, there's a flow that he's inviting you into. And I was discovering over the like the following months, like, oh, this is so much more about surrender than it is about like the job that I get or the accolades that I accumulate or whatever I do with my life. Like, there's actually, like, a current that he has in mind for me, and I don't actually need to know where that's going in order to follow it. I actually don't need to know where I'm going to end up in order to, like, enjoy the ride kind of a thing. And I think up until that point, I was like, I can't enjoy this ride unless I know where it's going. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I think that day was the day, like, I started dying. <laughs> like, that part of me started dying in a really good way. Um, but the whole process after that, uh, I think that was maybe a month before I had my interview. Um, and so that whole month I was like, okay, God, like if I'm not supposed to quote unquote supposed to, like, I don't even know what supposed to means anymore at this point. Like if I'm not supposed to be a doctor, what am I supposed to do? And he never told me anything specific, but it was, it was always coming back to like, do you trust me? Like, do you actually believe that if you're not in control of this, I'm going to take care of you. Like, if you don't see where this river is going, are you willing to float on it with me? And I was like, oh, no, what? Ah, and recognizing, like, I was not willing to do that. And I would, and also recognizing in the same moment, like, I would so much rather, like, float with him than, like, build a sandcastle on the on the side, you know? Um, and realizing, like, oh, I've spent seven years of my life, like, building this little sandcastle over here when he's, like, on a boat, like, trying to take me on some rapids out there. And I'm like, oh, dang it. So I had, like, a bit of a mourning process that, like, wow, I, like, don't trust you. Like, I don't trust you to take care of me. I don't trust you to guide this part of my life, which was awkward given, like, I'm a ministry school student. (laughs) I, like, am leading and mentoring other people, telling them about, like, trusting the Lord all the time. And meanwhile, I'm like, I am compromised. (laughs) Oh, gosh. Um, and so just recognizing like, wow, I would so much rather get in the boat. I would so much rather, and even if there isn't a boat, I'd so much rather just float through the rapids with him than have my little sandcastle. So fast forward a little bit, it was time for my medical school interview that I'd slaved away for to even get 
like to even be allowed to have. And I like went up to Portland because that's where it was supposed to be. I wasn't quite brave enough to like walk away. I was like, maybe I'll go to the interview and let them decide if I get into medical school and then I'll let them choose if I do this or not. Or I don't know. Uh, Like I wasn't quite ready to like make the decision. So I went up to Portland, uh, took a couple friends with me, just preparing like maybe I'll go to the interview. Maybe I won't. I'm not sure. We'll see. Um, The night before the interview, I was like, "Ah, I don't know if I'm going to go. Like if... I go to this, and they tell me, like, okay, you're in, and then I choose, then it's like, okay, cool. If I go to this and they tell me, no, you can't do it anyway, I won't actually get the opportunity to choose this. Like, I won't actually get to say yes to the Lord as powerfully as I could if I make my decision now or whatever. So I go to bed, and I'm like, okay, maybe I'll go to the interview, not sure. Jesus, if you wake me up, you know, putting out my fleece, if you wake me up at such and such a time before I need to go, I'll go. And then we'll see what happens. And so I go to bed. What time did you say? It was like, I think I need to be up at six in order to like get there and all this stuff. I wake up without an alarm on the dot, 5.59 a.m. I don't wake up that early. Like I'm, I don't enjoy waking up super early in the morning. So it's like not normal for me. But I woke up 5.59 wide awake out of a dead sleep and was like, <gasps> he woke me up. Oh no, he woke me up. And then I realized this doesn't actually mean that I have to go do the thing. And he was like, yeah, you still get to choose. He was like, I woke you up, but I woke you up so you can make the decision and not just sleep through it. Like, so you'd have the the opportunity to choose what you want to do with the rest of your life. And I was like, ah, I want to follow you. I'm going back to bed. (laughs) So I went back to bed and I awkwardly emailed the admissions department at this medical school and told them, hey, I'm not coming, sorry. And went back to sleep and woke up a couple hours later and was like, did I just ruin my life? Right. Maybe. Like a little sobriety hangover the yeah, next day. Yeah, totally. Oh, crap. <sighs> um, so I woke up and was like, yeah, I didn't go. And then that, that entire day is just like a blur because I was so free. Like, I felt like a child. Like, we went, a couple of my friends and I, we went on a hike and we were just running around the trail like little children. And I was like, man, my life is different now and I have no idea what's about to happen you know like this is simultaneously terrifying and so beautiful um and the night before we left to go up to Portland for the interview I remember being in my car and just being alone in the dark and like freaking out and just being so afraid like god I don't know how to let go of this like I don't know how to surrender this to you and I remember him just being like you don't have to like work for this you don't have to do it you just have to like choose me say yes whatever that looks like and the whole process like felt like dying like straight up just felt like dying and then when I actually like surrendered to it and actually like let it die like let that part of me that I needed to control actually like go away I remember just feeling so like light and so free and I've never looked back actually which is cool so I went home came back to Reading had to quit my job in the ER because I was like I can't work here if I'm not going into medicine like what the heck so I quit my job I didn't know what I was going to do next but I was like he said he'd take care of me and I'm not about to like go back on that now and so went into a couple different things but like fast forward three years my life is so different than it would have been like I would 
if I'd stayed on the original like trajectory that I was like quote unquote supposed to be on, I would be a surgeon by now. Like that would be my life. And I'm so grateful that that's not what I'm doing. Um, and like after I didn't do that, I got engaged six months later, married six months after that, had a, got pregnant four months after getting married. (laughs) Also another process of surrendering to the Lord. Um, I roll. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Um, and then, you know, I had a baby six months ago and I, let's jump into maybe two months ago, three months ago when we had that chat, you're working, Mm -hmm. you know, at your job and all this stuff and Let's talk about that conversation real quick and then catch yeah, yeah. to Yeah. So, uh, basically, the next thing I did after um, jumping out of medical school, I became an admissions counselor at Bethel School of Technology, which was a really good job and a really cool company. And, like, they're doing some really cool stuff. And I was like, this is great. Thanks, Jesus. Um, so I was working there for a, a while, probably two years. And then, but all the while, also starting to get introduced to entrepreneurship in general, like, Mike had kind of been hell-bent most of our lives to, like, teach me how to be an entrepreneur. And I was like, no, I want to be an employee. <laughs> I want someone else to tell me what to do. Um, which is why my, like, surrendering to the Lord is interesting, you know? Like, I just want you to tell me what to do. And he's like, eh, it doesn't work like that. But, so, I like, learning about entrepreneurship and navigating all these things uh, outside of, like, what a regular 9-to-5 looks like while having a 9-to-5 um, I think a couple months ago you pulled me aside and I was like, I am tired all the time. Like I want to build things. I want to, uh, not need a full-time job. Like I want to be with my daughter. I want to be with my husband. Like I want us to have the money we need, but also have like the freedom to do what we want to be doing. But I don't have any of the energy to build the things that I want to be building. Like we have a whole, a couple of side, like things that are income streams, but they're not big enough to like support us, but I want to make them bigger but I don't have the energy to do it. And I think anybody else that I talked to about that was like, yeah, you just had a baby. It's normal. Like, you're tired, whatever. And I'm like, yeah, I'm tired. Great. But you're like, no, like, if you're tired, like, if you're lacking energy and everything, it's because you're not inspired in those areas. And you were telling me, like, yeah, this area of your life is, like, this your job. Like, you don't actually enjoy it anymore. And I'd said that, too. Like, I don't enjoy it anymore um, just because I had things that mattered more to me. And... You were like, yeah, I think if I took over your life for 24 hours, I'd put in my two weeks notice. I'd get some of these side hustle things started, and then I would, like, see what you can do. Like, the person that you are, like, the person that the Lord created you to be, and, like, the level you're living at, there's a discrepancy there. And I was like, oh, (laughs) rude. Um, But I knew that was true. And used to be such a nice guy. used to be. (laughs) Um... I don't know if you've ever been nice to me, though. <laughs> Let's be fair. Mike has never been nice to me. <laughs> um, but, like, you're like, there's a discrepancy there. And, like, this space between, like, the place you're living at and, like, who the Lord actually says you are, there's space there. And I was like, ah, oh, that's true. And he's like, but the only people who know about that are you and the Lord. Well, me, you, and the Lord. <laughs> um, and I was like, oh, that's true. Like, similar to the medical thing, like everybody else in my life will look at that and be like, yeah, you're great. Like, you're doing awesome. But me, Mike, and the Lord, (laughs) we know, like, there's actually more out there. Like, there's more that is accessible. And it, like, hit me in such a unique way. And I remember just being like, okay, 
if this is another one of those moments where like I don't have control over my money and I'm not supposed to like I'm actually supposed to find where life is and follow that and like surrender to what the Lord's doing in that space I guess I should do that so I went home and I told my husband I was like I think I'm supposed to quit my job and he was like yeah that sounds right (laughs) cool great uh, so I went and I talked to my boss like a couple weeks later and I quit my job a month ago. Yeah, a month wow. ago I quit my job, uh, which on paper is like a really stupid move. Just like not going to medical school. Like on paper, I look like an idiot. <laughs> like my, my prestige and my like social acceptance is just, mm, just plummeting. plummeting. Just <laughs> all time low. Um, all time low. <laughs> so funny. But so I, I mean, I even like told my bosses kind of my journey and they were like, yeah, that sounds like the Lord, like go and like, we bless you to go do that, which was so beautiful. Um, but I was like, okay, I like, if this is another one of those things where I like need to follow the current that the Lord is like pushing me on, I would so much rather do that than make sure I have a paycheck every month, you know, even though that's like the responsible thing. Like I have a baby, like I can't be making like risky decisions and stuff like that, but it's actually, like, not risky when he's the one, like, pushing the current. So I was like, okay, let's go. And Yeah, that's true. Yeah, so that's been a month, and it's still an interesting, like, still figuring out what's happening. But I'm probably more alive than I've been in a long time. And I'm really, really grateful that there is a current and that I have people in my life who are willing to, like, remind me to jump into it and... Yeah, that, like, he is the one who's, like, in control of where we're going. And even though I don't understand, like, what's happening next, I don't know what my life is supposed to look like. I still don't know what I want to be when I grow up. Like, I don't know any of that kind of stuff. But I'm having the time of my life as it's happening. Um, And Zach was, the other day, he was like, I love that there's nothing in our lives that we're doing that we're not passionate about. There's nothing in our lives that we're giving time or energy to that isn't, like, making us come alive as it's happening. Mm. So I love that. I'm like living fully uncompromised for the first time in a, probably a long time. Wow. Maybe ever, I'm not sure, but it feels really good. <laughs> wow, yeah. cool, I love that. Yeah. Listen, while we're here, I just want to throw a plug in here, a shameless plug. <laughs> um, those of you who are listening who don't know about this already, we have um, an, a branch of NUMA called Nouveau Riche, and there's a, an extension of that called the L Factor Group, where we, it's a free group. People get on a Facebook exclusive group, and they basically um, get free content where my uh, business partner, Becca, and I, are resourcing them with knowledge, with training, with tools, with information, with community and support to transfer from the employee mindset over to the entrepreneurship lifestyle, uh, capacity, competency, that kind of thing is to help export them and like kind of migrate from that world to the other one and start getting into the entrepreneurship game. So if that's you, if you care about that, if your heart's burning, if you hear me goes journey and it scares you, but you're like, man, I want that. This group was specifically designed for you. So if you're interested in that, you can shoot. What's that email address? Um, Nouveau Riche, contact at Nouveau Riche. Is that right? Yeah. The email address is contact at mikemyashiro.com. <laughs> Put L Factor in the subject line and I will forward those emails over to the right team. Um, Miko, before we close this up, I want to ask you, um, based on this journey, first of all, thanks for sharing us the, the story with us. I love it. So cool. It's yeah. so much fun to watch you go on this journey. I'm so proud of you as your older brother mm, and friend and mentor and all the things like you're amazing. I really respect your guts and your faith and your courage and ability to take risks, even as a married mom. Like that's, it's amazing getting to see you do this. I love it. Mm. Um, 
Word of advice. Anything you want to tell the world? Like, based on what we've just discussed, what was something you want to tell them? Like, hey, you guys need to know this, or do this, or be mindful of this, or whatever. What, anything in there you want to tell them? Mm, yeah. Um, I think probably first and foremost, like, have people in your life who will tell you the truth, um, even when it doesn't make sense. Like, have people who can discern the spirit of a thing and tell you when mm. you are building sandcastles, you know? <laughs> totally. um, like, I'm so grateful that you were, like, willing to do that, but also that, like, you were aware, you know? Like, I don't know if other people in my life were aware, but they weren't willing to say something. But even just the fact that you could navigate through the English and, like, the Lord could actually show you what was going on to confirm with me, like, ah, this is not right. Um, really cool. So mm. I'd suggest, like, have people in your life who are going to help you navigate some of that stuff. And then... Uh, to try to not to sound cliche, but like surrender, like the Lord is faithful and he has a current, he has a design. It may not be like you're supposed to go here and do this and be this person or whatever, but he does have like a flow of life for you and like, I was thinking, like, oh, I'd be a surgeon by now or whatever. But actually, he's like, no, actually, we're going to, like, unfold life out of you. Like, in a literal sense, because I have a baby. But also, like, we're going to, like, unpack what makes you come alive and, like, expose that. Um, and so I would say, like, the on the flip side of surrender, there's so much life. So, like, when you come to the crossroads where you have the opportunity to choose, because not everybody gets that. Like, when you actually are aware that there's something you can give to him, give it. Mm. Really good. I love it. Totally. Totally agree. All right. Um, You guys, we've run out of time. We've got to wrap this up. Thank you so much for listening. Um, One thing I want to throw out there for you just to be mindful of um, as this is coming out, especially when I say this while I have Mika here. Um, Mika is the director of operations for all of NUMA, so she basically is my right-hand person and helps run the whole structure of our entire organization, our whole team. Um, all the captains, all the blitz teams, I mean, some of this stuff doesn't mean anything to you, but all these different <laughs> teams that are like cranking out the content we're putting out and just helping us serve the people we're working with, Mika's running all of that with me. So um, we are launching a new... Um, uh, group of, I don't know how to describe this. It's still like in such idea form, but Mika has been super strategic and um, catalytic in creating ideas and structure for how we do leadership and support and structure an organization for all of NUMA. So we're going to um, launch a an exclusive group that's specifically for leaders, um, people who are over an organization of people, whether it's a family, a church congregation, a business, a team, It doesn't matter if you are someone who has oversight over a team or an organization and you want skills, strategies, insight, training, that kind of stuff for how to better lead your people, how to better facilitate systems and organization to really pull all the stops out and make this thing work. You belong in this group. Um, It's a leadership organization group. We don't have the actual name ready for it yet, but (laughs) it is coming. It will be launched by January 2020. If you're interested in that, feel free to shoot us an email at contact at mikemyashiro.com in the subject subject line put, what did I just say? Leadership organization in the subject line and we'll make sure that you stay, we'll stay in contact with you and let you know when the thing rolls out. Um, Thank you guys so much for listening. We will catch you next time. Listen, there's more where this came from. If you want to see how deep this rabbit hole goes, check out mikemyashiro.com.